0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Now, to talk about the NBA Finals. Game 1 coming up Thursday night. The Golden State Warriors taking on the Boston Celtics. The Warriors, three-and-a-half-point favorites in Game 1. We welcome Gilles Gallant from FTN Bets. Gilles, thanks so much for joining us, man. How
0: are you? I am good to be here tonight. Ryan, it's good to hear from you. Trista, it be good to hear from you as well. Very excited to talk to NBA.
1: So your thoughts before we get into uh, Thursday night's game, Celtics-Warriors, your thoughts on that last series. It was blowout after blowout after blowout in the Eastern Conference, but we got a game seven, and it actually ended up being a good game uh, where Jimmy Butler shoots that three over Al Horford, misses it, and the Celtics end up advancing, obviously. But uh, just your thoughts of that that series, man.
0: Yeah, and it's funny, too, with that shot, because I feel like a younger me, I would have been – I would have been really against that shot. And I think that's just the evolution of the game uh, with him doing that. I, I mean, I understand kind of why he was doing it, but at the same time, younger me, probably would have been like drive to the basket. And it was such a tough rock fight of a series. Uh, so back and forth, I think that's one thing that's going to be really fun about the NBA finals. is that Even though both of these teams are physical, uh, I'm not sure if that's really going to be the name of the game when these two teams match up, uh, the Warriors and the Celtics. I think it's going to be a little more on the finesse side, a little more relying on offensive schemes. And uh, I really am excited for this matchup. I think the best two teams from each conference made it.
2: What do you think about the the Celtics-Warriors uh, pricing right now? Because looks like the the Warriors are, what, minus 165 yeah. to, to win it all. Um, Boston is plus 130. What would you do in terms of just betting this series? Do you go game to game? Are you doing total? Are you strictly props? Like, where do you find is the most value?
0: Yeah, with the Warriors, it's difficult. I mean, if you feel that the Warriors are going to win the title, I mean, if you feel that that's value at minus 160, hey, I'm not really going to try to talk you off the ledge or talk you away from that bet. But I think the the strategy with it, there's two ways you can look at it. With the Warriors, you could maybe wait to see – it's a little bit risky, but maybe wait to see how game one goes. Maybe the Celtics are able to take game one. Maybe you can get the Warriors at a better price, uh, similar to what we saw in the Boston and Miami series, where a lot of people loaded up on Boston right after they dropped game one. Um, now for the Celtics, at plus 130, plus one thirty, plus one. 35, depending on the book. But I mean, I bet MGM tonight, I'm looking right now, it's plus 130. And um, I probably think that that would be the bet that I would make if you're going to take the Celtics. Like, I just don't trust the idea of taking the alternative of, say, like trying to take like a Jason Tatum for a finals MVP or taking an exact series price. Yeah, Because I feel like uh, a lot of the time uh, with with this series, it's very evenly matched. That's kind of the reason why I'm shocked that the Warriors are bet up so high, up to minus 160, because they're both very public teams and they're very evenly matched. It should be closer to a toss up. Obviously the Warriors may be getting a slight edge because they have home court advantage. But other than that, that's, that's, to me, it feels like uh, the books are trying to almost lead you into taking a self-expect. And I'm thinking maybe I'm inclined to do so. I'm not really sure yet, but I mean, we wrote about it at ftmbets.com and you can see uh, my NBA championship pick uh, there as well. Uh, but yeah, right now the, the way that the series price is going, um, I almost want to see, maybe take a wait and see approach.
1: Uh, really quickly. I just, I want to ask you too, really quick. Do you agree with the series price? Because I saw even on social media, you know, a couple of people that I respect and follow are like, I think the wrong teams, I actually have the Celtics as a minus minus one thirty five favorite in this series. And I kind of agree with the price. I'm higher on Boston. I'm as high on Boston as anybody. I have them uh, 35 to one to win it all, man. But I kind of agree with the price, though, where the Warriors are favored. I didn't know it was going to be minus 160. I figured maybe like minus 145, minus 130 even. Uh, Do you agree with it?
0: Yeah, and and I'm with you. And that's actually kind of what happened. Books opened it up around minus 130, minus 140, and immediately got that up to minus 160, uh, just pointing to really how public uh, a Warriors team is, where, you know, people maybe just, I don't even want to say the casuals, but, you know, some people would look at this and be like, oh, same old Warriors again. Like, but really, it's not the same team that was doing that dominance from 2015 to 2019. Like, um, and I kind of feel like they had an easier road to the finals than the Celtics did. And I feel like the Celtics, Kind of, they ran the gauntlet of the Eastern Conference. Uh, if it if the roles were reversed and the Celtics actually had the home court advantage, I think this is what would happen: is the odds would be flipped. You would probably see the Celtics as minus one sixty favorites.
1: All right, because you uh, brought up a good point. Like if you do want to play the Warriors, maybe wait and see what happens after Game One. Maybe Boston could pull off the upset. But if you want to play the Warriors. Uh, and I've asked this question to a couple different people. And like, I'm looking at the MVP prices, which you already brought up. Steph's plus 110. Would you do anything with anybody other than Steph? You know, the, it would be a great story if Clay was able to win finals MVP after not playing basketball for two years. Uh, I've heard people talk about Jordan Poole. I think that's a sucker bet. He doesn't even start. He's 25 to 1. I'd rather play Wiggins, to be honest, 40 to 1. He's going to get the minutes. He's going to get the volume as far as field goal attempts. He's kind of become like their defensive stopper. I would like that price better. Anybody worth a a play other than Steph, if you do like golden state in this series.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's clay or nothing, honestly, Uh, just because of the volume of threes that he's going to take. Like, and then we, and I think that's the given. It's like more about what you do know more than what we don't know. What do we know about clay is he's going to shoot at least eight to 10 times a game from three point range. And at least two of those games, he's probably going to have a good shooting night. Does that translate necessarily to a golden state win? I'm not really sure, but, but I think just from a offensive standpoint, which a lot of the voters will probably look to um, that would be the case. Now, this is the thing with Steph, obviously a lot of the voters who, you know, vote on this from probably some of the same voters that were voting in 2015 when they gave it to Iguodala over Curry and almost looking at this is more like a, a makeup award if the Warriors were able to win. So I just think that's such a difference in price between the the championship odds and the, the finals MVP odds for Curry that it kind of makes me wonder if, uh, if maybe they're trying to lead you into something else here, like yeah. with the way that the odds are listed. So, um, I do think that there are some better angles to take for finals MVP for Boston, but for golden state, um, Wiggins is really probably the only one you could justify because he is starting and, you know, he's going to play probably at least 30 minutes, but clay is the only one with the offensive upside that uh, could maybe match Curry potentially shot for shot from an offensive standpoint to make it worthy as a vote. I just also think Draymond green as impactful as he'll be. um, I just not sure if uh, he'll get enough votes to garner it because he just doesn't score. (laughs) He probably won't score more than six to eight points in a game. And he'll probably Uh, get suspended uh, for a game for kicking a guy in the junk too. uh, There's a very high likely chance (laughs) that he either fouls out early or gets two technicals in one of the games in Boston, for sure. I think that's a, like, that happened, that burned me a couple of times taking Draymond props. It just so happens every time I take a Draymond prop in the playoffs, he uh, is extra, extra with uh, the refs. And it's just, it really drives you crazy.
2: Gilles, uh, how are you game planning props? Because that's the thing that I think some people would, would say that you're the most known for. Um, how are you thinking about this in terms of like matchups? Just give me an idea of how you see these two teams playing and who you think is going to be mispriced and getting more opportunity than maybe Vegas thinks.
0: Well, I think Wiggins is obviously one that you can point to depending on where his point totals are. Like, So if it's in like the 15 to 16 point range, maybe like 16 and a half to 15 and a half range like we were seeing in the conference finals against Dallas, I think that might be a good option to take a look at just because the shot volume will be there. Um, I find the Klay Thompson three point props are just completely overpriced to the point where you'd have to bet on him to hit like five to get plus odds nearly. And it, it, that's just a really high mark, even though Steph Curry and clay and and, and a handful of others, they have that type of shot volume to justify that. I I just, it's, there's just so much ebb and flows of a game. It's really hard to price to bet on something like that. Whereas a guy that I think that you could probably get a lot of value with, he'll be super frustrating for you. The entire series is Marcus smart for both assist props and three point props because, even in uh, game game seven, um, after he kind of looked limited in game five and somewhat as well in game six, you know, he was putting up points, he was getting assists, he was out there, and he's going to have to be on the court a lot, especially when Steph is on the floor. Um, and he's not really shy. Like, he's, he's, uh, like I joke, like he's kind of that irrational confidence guy where I'm not going to say that he thinks that he's better than Jason Tatum, but he definitely thinks he's as good a shooter as him and will shoot it nearly as many times. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a coincidence that, like, he led the team in shot attempts in both game six and game seven. Part of it was Miami's strategy of leaving him open to shoot. But if Golden State employs that same type of strategy, that could really bode well for some Marcus Smart props.
1: I've kind of stayed away from totals, uh, other than Game Sevens. Like played the under last night, and man, was that a sweat! Uh, would you do anything with the total around like two eleven and a half? How do you see this series playing out? You know, I mean, we've went up a little bit. We saw that Miami Boston series; those totals were two oh three, two oh four and a half. This is more like a Western Conference Finals total. What would you do if anything? Just stay away, or would you play over under there?
0: I think game one, you have to almost take over because the defenses haven't really been able to adjust yet on uh, specific uh, tendencies. Like, obviously, they'll have game tape and stuff that they can look at throughout the season and the, throughout the playoffs and then the individual matchups that they had. But there's still a lot of left in the bag for both of these coaches that they kind of are saving for the spot. And so I find game one would probably be the most offensive As composed as we keep going throughout the series. You're probably going to see that total just drop a little bit more, a little bit more. Like I, I could see like game one, maybe go into like a total combined of like 213 to 214. They leave it at the 211. Then we see like a really low combined scoring game, maybe in game two. Then we see a little bit more of that. And you're just going to see similar to the way that these other series that we were seeing, especially in the Eastern Conference, where the totals were just shrinking game by game by game to the point yeah. where you were almost forced to take it over because it was like, okay, I, you're giving me a 194. Like, I kind of have to look at it. And even though it didn't come through necessarily, but it was still one of those um, things where it's just it's like, okay, you guys are over adjusting too much now where we have to take the over because this is just too few points for a basketball game.
2: I'm really curious, uh, Joe, just in terms of like centers in the playoffs have been basically in a lot of ways nullified whether you believe that Robert Williams will get significant minutes or whether the small ball five death lineup for golden state will basically take him out of the game.
0: Uh, I think earlier in the series, he may have more of an impact similar to the defensive tendencies and the defensive adjustments. And the also, the other thing too is just that knee injury that he's nagging, like he's going to be coming off you know, four or five days rest on the knee and not playing aggressively, he might have a little more bounce in his step in games one and games two. And then as we start kind of getting into the latter stage of the series, he might have to start playing limited minutes a, because golden state is just, that's their offense that they're putting out there or B. He's just can't play because he's just tired and withered and, and he's just getting sore because he's a young man with a broken knee. So that's just kind of what happens sometimes. And uh, I think with Robert Williams, that is one of the edges that Boston has over this team. Like, I don't really think he's the type of player that would get played off the court. I think it's just more or less uh, attrition uh, that we probably see him play less minutes as the series goes on. Uh, but I do like the idea of like you know Robert Williams block prop. Yeah. Uh, I think that you're probably going to be looking at minus odds for like over minus one and a half, probably like a minus 130, in oh, game one thirty, especially. Oh, they juiced it. They juiced uh,
2: it so bad it was like minus one ninety by the end of last series.
0: Yeah, so you even have to start looking at the alternatives, like maybe like a stocks yeah. prop yeah. like where you're maybe combining steals and blocks. Maybe you can get it at closer to minus 110 um, uh, for an over 2.5 or something like that. That would probably be the right angle you could take. I'm just not sure if he's going to be out on the court enough to be able to justify taking double-double uh, bets. I think that's more of the Al Horford range And even Al Horford's double-double prop has started to go down significantly as the playoffs have gone on because of Williams' absences or even just the fact that he has to play 35 to 40 minutes a game because the matchup dictates it. And you're probably going to see him have to play up against Draymond a lot in this series.
1: Thanks so much, man. Enjoy the NBA Finals. We'll talk again soon. All
0: right. Take care, guys.
1: Thank you. That's Gilles Gallant. You can follow him on Twitter. GDog5000, sports betting analyst with FTN bets, host of Touchdown Town, Dog Day Afternoon. I pop on there occasionally. Love that guy. He's a good guy. Uh, everybody picking the Warriors. I ain't hedging. 35 to 1. I'm going to get a Celtics. If the Celtics win the championship, I'm getting the little Irish guy tattooed on my arm. Lie. You think I'm kidding? Uh, 35 yes. to 1 yeah. ticket? Yes. I'm not.